the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Let's look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. Paul says, In this I pray that your love may abound. We start with the truth of love, that love may grow. Yet more and more, and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and in all keen insight that your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. What he is saying in this is that through love you will know him. Through love you will grow in him. Through love you will become greater acquainted. Now what he is saying in a greater acquaintance is he's talking about your relationship with him. He's not talking about knowing about God. He's talking about knowing him. This is intimacy. And here's the, here's the trade. He says, through love. He's not talking about your love. He says your love, but he's not talking about a love that you can create apart from him. Okay? What he is talking about, that word up there that says love, that's agape. It's unconditional. It is God's love. Only God is capable of it. So he says that your love may abound. Okay, two things I want you to notice. When he says that your love may abound, what he is saying is that my love in you may grow and that through our union, your love may grow. And what we're talking about is that how we experience the love of God is through it flowing through us continually. Now, there's two points I want to make about that. Number one, that when His love flows through you, you experience His love first. And out of the truth of experiencing that love and being secured in that agape love, you will abound. And here's the neat thing about about that word abound. It comes from the Greek word that is present tense, and it means continuously. You will continuously receive agape more. And through that receiving agape, that it will be more, that it will extend to the fullest development in knowledge in all keen insight. Now what he's saying there is that as that love flows through your life, not sits in your life. Did you hear what I said? Now we learned this in Ephesians. The way we grow 
the way we begin to take ownership of what God is doing in our lives, the reality of His presence in our lives, is that we walk in it by faith. Now, this is an area where every one of us is tested. Every one of us is stretched. Because we're constantly put in situations where we are to love someone and we think we're going to be capable of it. But the bottom line is the love that we can create won't make it. It won't cut it. Everyone upon this earth, everyone that you're in a relationship with, no matter how superficial it may be, everyone that walks upon this planet has a need for love. But the love that they need is not a love that you can provide apart from God. That means that you can't generate it. We were all made with a need for His love. And that love is to go through you and out of you. And it's as we learned in Ephesians, as it goes out of you, you are affirmed in the truth of your relationship with Him. You become more broad in your understanding of the height and the depth and the faithfulness of that love. You become more secure in that relationship. And as you become secure in a relationship, you are able to experience more of the relationship. I know more, I can experience more of my relationship with my wife now after 27 years of marriage than I could on the first day of our marriage. It's not that we've gotten any greater, because we haven't. Maybe she did, but I didn't. But it's because the relationship has expanded through our history together. I know more about her through the expression of love to her. And she knows more about me through her expression of love to me. You see, it's a total reverse. We've got it upside down most of the time. We think the gift of love is to have love showered on us. But the gift of love is a total reverse. The gift of love is us receiving the love of God that the love of God may flow through us. Just as the gift of a baby's dependency is the gift to the mother that the mother might be fulfilled in who they are. You see that? In the same way, we're fulfilled in who we are as we allow that love to be expressed through us to those people who are dependent upon a love that only God can give. All that we need from our God is given us through His love. It's not given us through our earning. We can't earn anything from Him. It's not given through uh, uh, our determination to get. It is given through His love. And our reward in this is love's expression. So here's the truth of it. Everything that God has promised you, everything that He has said is a gift of the Spirit of God, are functions that are meant to be expressed through you. Now, it's an interesting thing that He gives us gifts that can only be seen as they are expressed through you. But that is how the Lord matures us in our relationship with Him. Because like the illustration of the birdhouse, everything that we do, we do in union with Him. The good works that we were born to do were not because God needed help. 
but that He could call us sons and daughters who in union with Himself might participate in the truth of who He is. And by participating in that truth, we grow in our love relationship with Him. You see, obedience is your nurture. It expands you in who you are. And as I learn to be more and more dependent upon Him, and I express the love that He has that I don't have apart from Him, I know Him better. I know Him better. Here's the thing that I know. I know my God is is a great Father because I've had to rely on Him to father my own children. I know that my God is a great provider because I have had to rely on Him to be the provider of my life. I know that my God is all of those things. But you know, knowing that He's all of those things does nothing for me unless I understand that all of those things were given through His love. They're all given in the context of His love. Him being a Father to me is not perfunctory. It's not something He's just going to do. He says, well, I, I brought Him on the earth. I guess I have to see Him through. That's not it. Nor is it something that He does just because it's obligatory and and I'm His Son. No. God's under no obligation. He is tied to who He is and who He is is love. And He does it because He loves me. So I've learned His provision through His love. I've learned His protection through His love. I've learned everything that I know about God through His love. Just as you will. And here's the thing about that whole process is that you will have to receive it to express it. Because it's got to flow through you. Now here's an, here, this, is, this is how genius God is. He knows that we can't love someone else when we can't love ourselves. So where does the love hit first? It hits you. And you know what? When I say receive it, I'm talking about receiving it for yourself first. Recognizing that He loves you. Recognizing that that unconditional love is on you. You know, we have a lot of people that have problems knowing that people love them are ever able to emote that emotion or able, ever able to love anybody else. It's because they can't love themselves. They don't love themselves. They certainly can't see why anybody else would. And they're constantly trying to overcome it by becoming significant in other ways. Oh, I'm significant because I make a lot of money. Oh, I'm significant because I'm good looking. Oh, I'm significant because I'm able to do this or that or the other. And we go out there and we try to make ourselves lovable all the while knowing the truth of our lives. And it's an endless battle. Because we'll never get to a point. If we set the standard here and we reach that standard, have we really arrived? Here goes the standard. And who's setting it? You are. You keep moving the bar up. And you know what? God's okay with that because you were never designed to meet the bar anyway. You were designed to quit trying and recognize that your significance, your worth, and who you are is in Christ. It's not in what you do, how you behave, how you look, or any any other temporal thing. It is in Him and Him alone. He chose you while you were a sinner, while you were the most despicable, hateable individual upon the earth. He chose you for Himself. He recreated you in dependence upon Him, and He made you to know and love Him. You are made for Him and nothing else will suit you. So you can build whatever image you want to build and it will crumble at your feet. Listen, mothers, you can't love your children unless you're receiving the love of God. You can have affection. 
You can be sentimental about it, but they were designed for His love, first and foremost. You can't love your children unless you receive in the love of God. Fathers, you can't love your children unless you're receiving the love of God. Listen, this is the problem for men. We're the first ones to wreck the image. And then we get the image built, and we get it all set up there, and we think, boy, we finally, we think we finally arrived. Now I could use some work. But don't anybody, doesn't anybody else see the image? Can't you see the image I built? Aren't I worthy? Look at this image. They are not loving me to the degree I need to be loved because they just don't see the truth of the image. They just don't see how good it is. Nobody appreciates it. In reality, the truth of the matter is you're looking for these people to give you something only God can give you and the image never should have been built to begin with and if you'd reckoned upon the fact that He loves you and your security and life were in Him, you wouldn't need that. Here's the reality of it, Christian. You don't need anybody. You don't need anybody. You need Jesus. And with His life, you have the freedom to love everybody. Everybody, no matter who they are. Because it's not you having to work it up. It's not you making judgments about whether or not they're worthy to be loved. It's not you trying to create an affinity for them. It is just simply allowing the love of God for you to be poured upon them. Now, the neat thing about verse 9 is that in that love, through that love, we receive all that we need. We receive everything that Christ is through His love. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. We keep saying that. That's so important that we love one another. You know why? It's not for them, it's for you. It's just like Ephesians 5.25, I think. It's the same thing. Husbands, love your wife. You think that was written for your wife? No. The truth of the matter, it was written for you. Because you'll never know true love until you experience the love of God. And you will not be affirmed in that love until you express the love of God. And when you're loving your wife, you're loving yourself. 1 John, beloved, let us love one another, for love is springs from God. And he who loves his fellow man is begotten, born of God. Again, what love is he expressing? He's expressing God's love, agape love. And he who expresses that love has to be born of God. Where is he going to get it otherwise? And is coming. Now look at this. Look what love is doing for him. And is becoming or coming progressively to know and understand God. How do we know Him? Through His love. Not just the love that we're receiving, but the love that we're expressing. This is the Word become flesh. Do you see that? That's how we grow in maturity. That's how we grow in truth. Is that we allow the Spirit of God to express the truth of God. And so many people say, you know what, I can't... I've heard this so many times. I'm sorry, I just can't... You know, I've tried to be a good Christian. Well, there's your problem. You should quit that. That's not working out. Here's the issue. You're not going to be affirmed in the truth of who you are as a Christian. And a Christian is simply a child of God that Christ has given life to and recreated in His own image. You will not be affirmed in that until you see the image of Christ being born out through you. And listen, that's not just great deeds. That's not you walking on the water. That's not you splitting the Red Sea. That's not you making bread out of stones. It's not the big stuff. 
It is day by day allowing the miraculous life of Christ to flow through you when you brush your teeth, when you get in the car to go, when that guy cuts you off, saying, Father, my inclination is to let him know what I think of him. And I see an opportunity coming up up ahead where I could just box that brother in and just give him a taste of his own medicine. But what am I going to choose? Well, you know what? Without Christ, you wouldn't be making a choice. It'd be pretty clear what to do, wouldn't it? But the fact that you're even thinking about it should prove to you the truth of who you are. When you have to decide whether or not to love your wife, there's a choice there that only God would present to you. When you're deciding whether or not to pray, there's a choice there that only God would present to you. When you're deciding whether or not to depend upon Him, there's a choice there that only God would present to you. You see, in all of those things, if we get upside down, we misinterpret the fact that He's given us a choice. We think that He's given us a choice so we can get beyond our circumstance. He's given us a choice so we can choose Him and be affirmed in who we are. You know, the greatest desire of a parent is that a, their child reach their fullest potential in who they are. So the parent comes up with all kinds of things, and they're really good about encouraging their kids, and sometimes to their own detriment. But, you know, what comes around, oh, you know, the kid's got an interest in soccer, so we sign him up for all the soccer. Why? Why do we care whether or not the kid plays soccer? Because we want them to be fulfilled in who they are. We want them to have a sense of accomplishment. We want them to be able to be good at something. So we're going to allow them to go. You know, I took every instrument probably known to man. I have taken piano lessons, I have taken cello lessons, I have taken violin lessons, I have taken tuba lessons, I took trombone lessons, I even took guitar lessons, I have taken every manner of instrument you can imagine because I was determined to find something that I could relate to in music. But you know what? That wasn't God's determination, that was mine and my father's. The bottom line of it is that as parents, we want to see our kids reach a full potential in whatever we consider to be in their best interest. So we continue to push them along. God wants you to reach your fullest potential in your relationship with Him. It says the fullest development in knowledge. And you know how He's doing that? He's doing that by continually bringing you into a position where you will choose Him. By leading you into a position where you have the greatest vantage point to see His love. There's no accident for the things you've went through that you're going through right now. Do you know that you could probably shorten some of your misery, I'm not saying the circumstance, but you could definitely shorten your misery if you'd see God in it. If you would just recognize Him, I will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon circumstance. Finances, situations, fears, anxiety. Where's that promise in? In Jesus. In Jesus alone. In Christ alone. That's why it's my favorite song. It's the truth of my life. It's the truth of your life. In Christ alone. We can't do anything with problems by focusing upon them. We just make the problems bigger than our God. And the truth is, they're not. They're bigger than you. And they're supposed to be bigger than you. It's no accident. God continually pours His love through us so that we and the world around us may know Him. 
Romans 5, 5 says, Such hope never disappoints us, disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us. It is poured through us. We get it first, they get it second. You know, the city of Damascus was considered one of the cleanest cities in the ancient world. And you know why? Because they had a river and three springs that went through the center of them. There was a constant flow of clean, pure water. And it rinsed away all of those things that caused disease and problems. It was a continual cleansing. Paul says, Be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. That is that your soul, that is your mind, will, and emotion be cleansed continuously. That it cleanses you. You know, the bottom line is that most of us go to bed at night having been wounded. The world will wound you. The enemy will wound you. Your own family will wound you. There is wounding every day almost. And we all bear scars. But God never promises we wouldn't have scars. And our responsibility in it is to keep our scars clean, our wounds clean. How do we clean them? We clean them by the precious life of Christ flowing through us on a continuous basis. And it blocks out and it cleanses and it and it takes away the diseases of resentment, the diseases of bitterness, the diseases of anger, the disease of fear, the disease of anxiety. All of those infections that would set themselves up in the wounds that we receive. We now know what it is to share in the sufferings of Christ because though He was wounded many times, He received the life of the Father the healing of the Father, the expression of the Father, and He walked forth victorious, knowing that man could not take His life from Him. He had to lay it down. That's the truth of you. Everyone in here has been wounded. And we're not to live lives as victims. We're not to cower in fear from the woundings of this world and from people. We recognize that we have a God. And with each wound comes the precious healing power and life of Christ as it flows in us. And in that great thing, we look at the scar, but we can look at it and say, this is my marks of victory. This is my bona fides of life. This shows you that this world cannot take life from me. Paul says, scar me. Take it. I don't care. Because I've learned that in every situation... The revelation of Christ awaits me. I would rather be wounded and experience the healing and cleansing power of Christ than to never be wounded. Because my goal is to know Him. To know Him. I have no other goal but to know Him. Verse 9 says that your love may abound yet more and more with the fullest and keenest insight and knowledge development in knowledge and keen, all keen insight and that expression what he's talking about is that may you grow in your relationship with me as you experience that love it will never be less it will always be more that's the truth of God's love it will never be less it will always be more doesn't mean God can love you any more than He does right now. It just means you're going to have the capacity to receive it as you grow with Him. To love is to yield. And in that yielding, we, re- we experience the fullness of God. And here's the thing. We need it because God's going to allow you to continually be stretched. That's the one area of your life that you're continually stretched. It's the one area where you're always at a deficit unless you're continually allowing the love of Christ to pour through you. 
You're always stretched. You ever get to a place where you think you can love and embrace everybody in your world? Here comes the meanest, most cantankerous individual you ever thought of. It's going to set itself down right in the middle of your world. Here comes the problem where that person you thought you had secured and could love perfectly now becomes the biggest issue of your life. Here comes a situation where the things that you had secured in your love fall apart. And you're stretched. And you say, Father, Father, I don't have it. what it takes for this. I don't have what it takes. He says, great. <laughs> That's so good because I designed you for me. Now you're going to expand. You're going to grow. You're going to mature in truth. Because in that need, in that dependency, you are being fed. You're being stretched. You know what? And all it's doing is stretching your capacity for Him. That's all it's doing. Don't you want more? Well, you can't get any more, but you can sure grow in your experience of what you got, can't you? You have a history with the Lord. You've walked together through tough times. Every one of us has. If you're a Christian, that's, that's the way of it. And isn't it through those times that you grew in your love for Him and He, that you knew Him? Isn't it in those times that you expanded in your understanding of God's sufficiency and His grace? I mean, I'm talking about tough, tough times where you may have even gotten yourself there through your own rebellious living and God was faithful. But you see, it wasn't this faithfulness to deliver you that should be marked. We often sit around and erect those milestones in our life and say, God delivered me here and God delivered me there and God and the children of Israel did that quite often. But it was not supposed to be about the victory that was won. It was about the faithfulness of God in your life. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.